you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome back to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker, one story at a time. I'm Calvin. I have seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Wyatt. I've also seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Andy. I've seen an adequate amount of Star Wars, and it's good to be back, y'all. Yeah. I hope everyone has been enjoying Hashtag their summer. Hashtag not dead. Hashtag yeah. not dead. We took a summer um, break. We had a, um, Andy won't get this reference, but we had a Scarif beach party. <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we didn't. But like, you know, it was summer. We took a break. <laughs> That's all I meant by that. Yeah, no. I don't know. We, we took I a really, Lego really liked the Lego vacation. Star Wars summer yeah. vacation. Andy's not allowed to watch that, but I really, really liked it. Yeah, it they made make, me smile. They make fun of two. They make fun of the whole Star Wars, so they'll they'll hit you with the sequel spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Obi Wan told you to relax. Obi Wan, Kenobi. I uh, did not watch it. I'll be honest. <gasps> I haven't watched it yet. I it was call, funny. What I should do is. I watched the holiday special with my sister. We like did the Disney plus watch party thing and watched it together. So I should call up my sister and we should watch the summer vacation. Yeah. You can't watch any of the Lego content. Unfortunately, I I have been watching Andy. I have been watching star Wars rebels with my partner. I'm a little bit of ahead of where we are in the podcast. I've I've gotten ahead on homework. Homophobia. Delighted to say that they're loving it. (laughs) Yeah. We're having a great time. I'm Yeah. We'll get into this in a minute. Um, you know, just thought we'd yeah, check in you, with you guys. How have you, you guys, guys been? been? What have you guys been up to? What have you been up to, Wyatt? Lost a job, got a job, trying to get another job. I'm on the radio now all the time. Uh Yeehaw. like like live broadcasting for a big station here in Milwaukee. Yeah. So if you so, are one of our Milwaukee I do want to self plug. Are you very comfortable doing that? I so I generally don't talk about my life that much in specifics on the podcast, but it's sort of funny because like if you want to know about me, it's out there. Like, yeah. well, if <laughs> you hop a, on I'm W whatever Twitter. or K whatever, there's then never you might hear Wyatt's voice. Yeah, there's if never you're near Milwaukee. I have not told my coworkers that I do a Star Wars podcast yet. Wyatt, but... you should be pushing your podcast. You should be marketing. Yeah, Wyatt, come on. I've told my I, I, I talk about Star Wars at work all are the time. We, I talk about my Star Wars dirty podcast little secret? at work. Well, so the, the the thing is, is that I do like my coworkers are also like my bosses. So I and I don't remember everything I say on the podcast. So I'm like, how much do I want them to know about me? I've only been there two weeks. Eventually, I'll tell them about the podcast. Right That's now, true. I was doing a serious political coverage of the elections here. Ooh, oh, serious. Damn. Pop yeah. off, Wyatt. Anything yeah. new or interesting in your life, Calvin? Anything of note to share? Um, and I'm kind of getting a second job, you know, because you, you survived the schedule change. I did. Andor. I did. No, honestly, I've got a bone to pick with. I watched Disney. the trailer and was like, oh, no, 
our lord of the schedule, Calvin, is going to be displeased. I was. I was. And also, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That trailer came out on the day that I got COVID or I tested positive for COVID. Oh, yeah. So I have I, I have had and survived COVID. Um, thank you, uh, vaccine for making and booster for making my body only have a very mild case. It would have been much worse if I didn't have the vaccine. So, you know, if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. I hope that anyone who listens to our podcast is a sensible human being. If you're listening listening to this podcast, podcast, get your fucking vaccine. Yeah, (laughs) I am eagerly awaiting my second booster whenever the FDA approves it for, you know, um, for everybody, everyone that's not above like, what is it? 55 or whatever. But get your vaccine. Get your vaccine, losers. Get it. It's yummy. And, you know, disregard this if you already have You'll yummy get superpowers it's yummy i don't know i'm trying to entice people <laughs> um um but yeah i got covid i've been reading a lot of star wars books um yeah you have. I, I reserved light of the jedi at uh at by the public library here and then i didn't go get it <laughs> i didn't have a Stupid. car yet and i missed like i was busy on the day of so i now have to re-reserve light of the jedi and wow. this time what i did is i accidentally i reserved it but I didn't send it to the branch library that's two blocks from my house. I accidentally sent it to the main library, which is why I didn't go get it. So this yeah. time I'll do it right. I'll send it to the right library and I will actually finally start reading the High Republic books. Yeah. Yay. Well, in addition to the High Republic, which I finished, I finished up um, all the comics and Fallen Star and Midnight Congrats. Horizon. So, you know, eagerly awaiting the release of phase two. I have read um brotherhood by mike chen i think i discussed brotherhood yeah we've talked about brotherhood on um the show. I, yeah i read that um i read padawan by kirsten white excellent book i loved I, don't it. Spoil I, it i, I I'm, literally I read it. it i read it i started it at work um last wednesday like last wednesday at like 7 a.m or whenever i got in and then i could not put it down i was reading it after work i um, was reading it that night. I literally finished it, I think, within like 13 or 14 hours. So, yay, Kirsten White. I had fun reading your book. Is it yeah, we love, uh, but with with uh, Brotherhood and Padawan, yeah, it's not only the good Obi-Wan content, but also two new authors for Star Wars, which I always yeah. love. Because yeah. uh, we'll actually talk about a little bit with Rebels is... Uh, some of the authors, like the, the era of Star Wars publishing that was around when Rebels was coming out, those authors got established in that and became the ones who would write the High Republic, like mm-hmm. Claudia Gray, Daniel Jose Alder, and I can't remember. There's somebody else who wrote a book around this time, but it's cool. They were new then, and now they're like the established Star Wars authors. They're part of the the heavy hitters. So it's cool to see new folks. Um, yeah, I started reading Padawan. I haven't finished it yet. That's kind of, I have a lot to cl- of cleaning I need to do, but I'm kind of like, you know what? Let's take the night off. Let's eat some ice cream, finish Padawan tonight and yeah. uh, do everything I need to do tomorrow. Yeah, no, it's super um, fun. It's it's like, this is not a so spoiler. Fun. It is, it's literally Obi-Wan, it's Star Wars and Lord of the Flies, which I find really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, re- I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I love the, except not disgusting or, and not, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Without the Lord of the Flies, like, I guess maybe is it more Peter Pan? Yeah, definitely more Peter Pan. Yeah. It gives, it very much gives like Lost Boys. You're right. I'm enjoying it a lot. I really like the characterization of Obi-Wan in this book. 
yeah, I'm marking this baby up with my pencil because there's just so much good shit in there that I can't like not annotate this book. Nice. Yeah, there's um, uh this is really the year of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. We got Brotherhood. We got I can't the series. wait to read Brotherhood. We got Padawan. Oh, yeah, the, I literally I was texting Calvin the day Padawan came out and went and got it at the yeah. bookstore. And I was literally I like went up to the first worker I saw and was like, where's Padawan? Where's Brotherhood? And they were like, whoa, OK. Um, I was really aggressive with that. We did Barnes this, and Noble Calvin. Worker. We did this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, more, more Star Wars <laughs> books fans, too. There are not yeah. enough Star Wars books fans. No, a big um, part of my. Uh, of my childhood Star Wars that I don't discuss on the podcast was a hand-me-down box of the old Bantam era books from the nineties um, oh. that I read as a kid. And that was, that was sort of like where I got into the original trilogy stuff, even though I was way more of a prequels clones kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I liked the, I read the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, I read the goofier books too, like dark saber and children yeah. of the Jedi. I've got to say, I mean, like, I'm really loving, like, the original trilogy era books, like the uh, the New Throne trilogy. Um, I am super, super excited to read Lost Stars. I can't talk about any of the specifics. Of have this, you, these wait, books. have you not read Lost Stars? I haven't read Lost Stars. Bruh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that book came out when Rebels Season 1 was on, I feel exactly. like. <laughs> exactly. And part of it is also, um... I'm currently it's, what I'm reading it's right in now. this very apartment. It might be in the closet I'm sitting in right you have, now. Oh, also, I really I have my copy of Princess of Alderaan, Alderaan too. Um, where was yeah, I? Yeah. Um, that you can also read, Andy. It's um, uh, yeah, I apparently read it's Princess really Leia. excellent book about just like Le- teenage Leia. Anyway, um, I'm currently reading A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller, which is I, I want. Great. I was trying to rush through it by the time that we started um, discussing this so that I could kind of get like you know, a chronological thing about Kanan and Hera's relationship, but it's the Kanan and Hera book about how they met. So, and it doesn't have any spoilers for Rebels because it doesn't like have an epilogue or anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's a very fun, it's, it's, it's fun. It's um uh, certainly not the best Star Wars book that I've read, but it's definitely like up in the upper, like third. Um, yeah, but John Jackson say. Miller always delivers solid. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Kenobi was a very good book. I read that a few years ago. Um, also, I believe in this apartment. Nice. It's a good my copy it's... Of, of Kenobi pre Kenobi series. Andy, what is new in your life? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I've so I've been working on um another podcast that will be coming out fairly soon. Yeah, the um, one that pays you. We do not pay the you. The one that pays <laughs> me, yeah. Yeah, we're recording the other episodes. We've recorded the pilot and now we're going to be recording the rest of the episodes uh later this week, which will be fun. I'm I'm kind of joining staff, the staff of my uh, LARP. Not really, not really like staff staff, but more of like an assistant, I would say. So that's cool. I'm working. I work on the like social media. I run the Instagram. I'm running the Facebook page with a friend um, as well as working on rules and like policy changes. So that's that's fun. You know, I, I really like my LARP. That's like 90 percent of what my mind is dedicated to at any given moment um yeah working on like just oh yeah i quit starbucks this is actually this is see this is has podcast (laughs) implications um i quit starbucks because it's a horrible job um i really have not enjoyed it so no longer work there. Well, no, I, I had a good time. The, the location I worked at specifically, it like really didn't have anything to do with Starbucks as a corporation and more just like 
the location I was at was very difficult for me. So uh, I'm trying to get a substitute teaching job. So Sick. better pay, they need better those. life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be good. Um, what that means for the podcast, though, is that is that because we do our Starbucks drinks. So what I was thinking is we could do something new for Rebels. We're starting a new era, huh. new new series, sure. new season. Um, I haven't decided what we should do. So I was thinking it would be fun to do like a Twitter poll and let our followers decide. So I was thinking of like what the options would be. I was thinking we could do like if the characters of Rebels, like what animal would they be? Um, so that was <laughs> that's one. an incredibly my sister contribution <laughs> to this. This is a, if we ran out of stuff to discuss at the table when my, when my family was like we were kids, we would like my sister would go, if you could be a blank, what would you be? Uh, and so we'd have to go around the table and it used to drive either me or my mom's bonkers. Uh, but yeah. it was my sister's favorite thing to do. <laughs> so it'd be like, yeah, you know, so-and-so would be, like Jar Jar would be a giraffe. Uh, obviously. Calvin, there's a uh, spoiler answer to one of these. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For um, a good boy. So so that's one. We could do, we could do, what were the other ones? I came up with other ones earlier. I was thinking like, oh, if they were, if the characters in Rebels were in like, Dungeons and Dragons, like what would their class be? Ooh, I that like actually, that. I like that a lot because yeah. Rebels is very much Rebels is very indebted to the. It's old, an adventure party, and it's an, indebted to the old Star Wars role playing game from the eighties for a lot of its mm. like lore cuts and some of its uh, like background information. Because Pablo Hidalgo loves that stuff, and he was this is uh, Rebels was the first series produced with the new organization of Lucasfilm post George Lucas, because uh, Clone Wars had Dave Filoni as the showrunner, but George was event was really the head guy. All the ideas came from him. All the money came from him. Uh, and now Rebels is really Dave Filoni's baby and the story group was formed. And this was one of the first things that we saw there work on. And mostly it's just trying to keep the new canon cohesive and throwing in as nerdy Easter eggs as possible. <laughs> I like that. Um, the other one I thought of was if they were a... <laughs> so Calvin used to work at Subway. Not to out your past, Calvin. <laughs> but my I was partner like, also used do, to like... work at a Subway. I think that what? I've mentioned that before. I don't know. But I don't yes, know. I I've worked like at Subway have... at several points in my life. Yes. So I was like, what if they were... Like, what sandwich would you be? Like, what what option on the <laughs> not what sandwich? Not what sandwich would you get. <laughs> no. What sandwich <laughs> would you be? <laughs> There's a um, there's a huge difference here. No, you're right. You're right. That's what I meant. Not the the animal one got me. <laughs> the animal one turned me up. No, I I think we should do the at least for season one where we get like introduced to all the characters. The the class thing sounds really cool. We can we can still see if the if the people like that, but that would be fun yes. after this episode hey, where we meet everyone. Why not both? I didn't have one for today, but oh. I guess we could. Well, let's come speculate. Up with... Who's 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 okay? So we're we're jumping into I so guess the if, discussion if, now. Who? If, uh, let's do Kanan. Let's Kanan. do Kanan because it's the first character that came to mind. Kanan would be a paladin because they are they are like knights, but they, they're like they're like godly knights, which is kind of what the Jedi are. Yeah. Um. Not to be cop out. Um, but he's also well, like. Kanan would be an interesting paladin, though, because he's a paladin who like 
has recommitted himself to a new cause. So it's like a yeah. it, in in mm-hmm. D&D he would be dedicating himself to a new god probably. But for Kanan, it's his mission with the rebellion. His like the with with Hera to fuck with the empire. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if because like I mean like there was a point in Kanan's past where he lost his faith. That is what a new dawn is about. Um so, Yeah, Kanan was a drunk for a while. Yeah. <laughs> He was. Uh, it actually, actually knowing that and having really read well. A New Dawn makes several things he says to Ezra very funny, just because Kanan hasn't told him about his like wild child past. Um, um. So yeah, he would be a paladin. He would use a sword. Um. He would. Yeah, I guess he would be like learning. I don't know if I would want to say he's dedicating himself to a new god, but I guess if that's how paladins work, yeah. I'm not sure. I just uh. Honestly, I, I play a bard. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking know. for a new, like, way to, like, in this new world, essentially, like, the way that he went about, like, following his god, he can no longer do that. So I think it's almost about, like, how can he still follow the ways of his god or yeah. the force? That's in better than what I world. said. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, sort of what I meant, but that's perfect. Actually, I'm going to put that in the D&D bank, in the little brain bank, because that actually would be a really fun character to play, I feel like. Um, fun fact, I always wanted to start a podcast that was like a D&D idea podcast. So it was like, here are all the ideas for characters and campaigns and every little thought that's come to my head. That this would have been perfect for a blog in the 2000s. Like, yeah, blogs are kind of dead, but that that, that that's the perfect like thing to start a little website about. So, All right. there's a Star Wars LARP. Anyway, let's start talking about the episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. So, Star Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars Rebels. Be open. Uh, I this this episode of first episode of Star Wars podcast. We watched Star Wars Rebels. Season one, episodes one and two, A Spark of Rebellion. So we open on a dramatic shot of some Star Destroyers kind of amassing in space. And then we cut to none other but the Grand Inquisitor reporting to Darth Vader. Revenge does wonders for the will to live. He looks (laughs) way different. Yeah, he looks yeah. different. That was a point so, of contention when the trailer came out. <laughs> yeah, I shit talked his uh, Kenobi look for about ten texts to Calvin when the trailer came out, and then yeah. I ended up loving him. But Rebels was first that Rebels sort of introduced Inquisitors, so this scene was funny to watch in conjunction with Kenobi. Just yeah, it it fits, but it's like reintroducing it in a way that's like funny coming directly off Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I mean, it's just really funny because like Inquisitors were just kind of created so that the only characters are who are bad guys who have lightsabers kind of at this point within production of Star Wars um, were Darth Vader and the Emperor. And it's not like Kane and Jarrus can go up against Darth Vader and survive because he's Darth fucking and certainly not the Emperor. Um, I remember a uh, conversation that the creators of Rebels had where they talked about why Vader, why, why don't you send Vader to get rid of Kanan, the, the Jedi? And they said basically because 
he, he will die. Vader will kill him. And they really didn't want to do to Vader what they did to General Grievous in the Clone Wars, where they had him lose every week. Uh, Dave Filoni talked about sort of that being a, a disappointment that that they end, the story always required that in Clone Wars, that they couldn't they couldn't kill Grievous, but also he couldn't kill any of the main cast. So he had to sort of lose and run away with his tail between his legs. And they didn't want to do that to Vader. So we just get him here at the beginning. That makes sense. And then it's been cool so because of that, because of we can't send Vader to fight our heroes, the whole concept of Inquisitors got created and have been really popping off in Star Wars lately. They've been all over. They yeah. started in Rebels. They uh, were in comics. They were in the video game. They were in Kenobi. They're like, they're killing it right now. Also, uh, fun fact, this opening scene did not used to be the opening scene. The original really? broadcast of this started with Ezra in his tower, and the Vader scene was added for some later rebroadcast. I, for no reason, well, for for reasons that end up with like sort of the thematic symmetry of the series, I don't like this scene very much. I think it's a really weak opening, but it's fine. I love James Earl Jones, and we... For, uh, for our purposes, we already met the Grand Inquisitor, so it doesn't ruin the like end of episode reveal. Yeah. I didn't really know that. That's interesting. Yeah, I can't remember why or what event that they added the scene for. I think it might have just been like another. Like, I mean, was it the... like the difference between like the Comic-Con screening and the broadcast? No, they broadcast the original when, when it premiered for the people, it, it didn't have this. And then a rebroadcast on Disney XD of all places, which is where this show ran. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. They originally premiered this. They, they originally premiered the Spark of Rebellion at Comic-Con, yeah. whatever year it was. And was it the difference between that Comic-Con showing and then the Disney XD premiere? Uh, no, but I don't remember. So the problem is I don't remember what the I'm looking it up now. I'm, I've gone to the wiki. <laughs> Um. Ah, so they broadcast it on ABC, like a network television, and that's when they added the scene. They uh, they uh they added it three days late or like a week later. Okay. It was it was odd. It's still odd. It's just the fact that I remember because I don't like the the change. Yeah, I mean you know it is a clunky. thing that's in the episodes just well and this to say i mean like i i I see what you mean when you say um thematic book ending of the show but that is my point of view so then we get uh, but also i i would like to say that this is a far stronger premiere than clone wars had (laughs) uh yeah i mean thinking of this versus ambush yeah well no ambush is great i'm just talking about the clone wars film even though the the introduction of ahsoka is is good the Clone Wars film, I don't think, does as strong a job introducing all of its characters. Like, Rex doesn't have a personality yet, really, in the Clone Wars uh, film. They haven't really decided what they want to do with Rex until uh, really a season and a half into Clone Wars when they let, loosen him up a bit. But I feel like we haven't really talked about anybody yet, but we get a really good sense of who every character is in this mm-hmm. episode. And it's fun. And oh, I yeah. don't feel it's miserable at any point of the episode, which I got to be honest, was not true for the movie. There were moments where I was like, this sucks. <laughs> not it was cool, movie, I will but, say, to uh, see in theaters, like even as even as rough as the animation was, Star Wars in theaters is still great. And 
There was a time I visited Lucasfilm uh, a couple of years ago and I got to see a couple of the trailers for Rebels in their like screening room with the great sound and everything. And it makes me wish that we got to see any of Rebels like watching it at Comic-Con or at Celebration would have been great. But yeah, so we start the episode with Ezra in his tower. Meet Ezra Bridger, the new uh, main character, the the season one Ahsoka of this this show. Yeah, he saves a, a dude from um, getting arrested for, you know, just selling his wares because the Empire is horrible. And we need just a scene to show how objectively horrible all of the people within the empire are and then ezra saves him he saves him but then he takes his food yeah and he's like kids gotta eat which i was like a very good indication of like who this character is yeah like they're not you know a bad who guy ezra is. yeah they're not a you know he's not a bad guy he doesn't like the empire but he's really only looking out for himself which you kind of expect him to burst into song you know, one jump ahead of the breadline. Yes, yeah, he's Space sword. Aladdin. That was his nickname. Yeah. yeah. Mostly because, mostly on, I mean, because of his role, but also because of his look. Uh, he's, uh, none of the ghost crew is white, and Ezra is supposed to be Middle Eastern. Yeah. He's so cute. Like, I really love how all of these characters look. I don't love Kanan's hair. That is like the only thing that I'd be like, oh, God. Actually, fun fact, I based my bard's haircut off Kanan's, but I made him a redhead. And it's supposed to like intentionally look worse in my D&D canon because <laughs> like it's kind of a douchebag haircut. I like Kanan's look. I think it's cool, but it's also kind of crazy. <laughs> it's not. I think I just don't like how it's animated. I think that everything I really enjoy this animation. It's um, it's a little rough around the edges, but I oh, yeah. I enjoy they, it. They have lot. not figured out because they built the animation style from the ground up again, just like they did on Clone Wars. Clone Wars, yeah. They're better at all of the basics. So like Clone Wars season one, the character movement is really awkward. Here, the character movement is good, but they, what I remember for, like they, what the thing I would say that they haven't figured out yet, especially in this one, but throughout the first season, is the lighting. They don't know how to light their characters yet, and it makes them look a little plasticky. Yes. Yeah, that that's a good way of putting it. I will say, though, um, they figure it out by season two and then every subsequent season of Rebels looks sexy as hell. <laughs> yeah, I really I really enjoy the animation. I feel like. Yeah, so he got he saved that dude. He took the food, but then then he, he senses, senses Kanan. Yeah. And I went and I went. That's a force. I said, to myself, yeah, oh, that's Rebels. Force. Rebels gives the force a noise, which cracks which me is up. Horrifying. I was like, what the? Fuck, because that get, is not the the sound I would have picked for the force. It's funny because it's what like sound would you have picked for the force? I would have picked like a whoosh or like a in like a crescendo yeah. of yeah, like an orchestra of a, instead of like it's a wind. It sounds it sounds like pee pee music. Like <laughs> that's kind of what it sounded Wait, what? like to me. The the, the <laughs> rebels' force sound is like a whistle, like a whoosh. Of yeah, wind. that's what I tried. What? <laughs> that was the worst impression of it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Andy's lost it. So next up in the episode, uh, um, we have a fun little that was action. My impression of the whistle. <laughs> that just is like factually false. <laughs> it's just like nothing close to what it sounds. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Makes me question if you've watched the episode. <laughs> no, I did. I did. 
it. It just it would honestly like... be very funny if you hadn't watched the episode of Rebels and were just completely bullshitted your way through it, and it took us like forty minutes to figure out. But no, so we, yeah, Calvin's right. We get the little speeder chase where Ezra helps. Uh, he nicks this communicator, right? Yeah, he nicks the communicator. He saves the dude. He senses Kanan, and then he, like you know, notices that you know Kanan's up to some shit. And so he signals, you know, his buddies to help him steal some Imperial crates. And yeah, they go, they pat pat. I don't yeah, know if you heard that. Yeah. So Ezra steals the crates and or one of the crates and they kind of have to chase him to get this crate back. And we are introduced to Zeb and as uh, no, not Sabine. Ezra, Sabine. The Mandalorian Sabine. girl. Sabine, do you reckon before we get into Sabine as a character, do you recognize her voice at all? So her voice, I I didn't look her up because I was like, I don't want to be spoiled. So I didn't Google it. She reminds me of a voice actor from Troll Hunters, but I don't know if it's the same person. So yes, her voice seemed familiar and I thought it was from that show. I'm not sure though. Will you tell who me? I thought it was Troll the, Hunters? the girl, Andy, the girlfriend, the girlfriend. Claire? Oh, no, different voice Claire. actor. Okay. Okay. I couldn't tell. Um. Well, this is, I, I don't know too much about the voice actor for, um, Ezra and what his other work has been, but I am a really big fan of the voice actor for Sabine, Tia Sirkar. Um, she has been in a lot of comedy movies, but most notably, at least to me, she was Vicky in The Good Place. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Where she also I didn't finish The Good Place, but I did get to her and I could not unhear Sabine, which is very funny. Yeah. Especially especially when you compare her to her at the beginning when she's being real Eleanor. Yeah, so if you haven't watched The Good Place, please watch it. I'm not gonna continue uh, anymore into the plot because um The Good Place? The Good Place. No, for the listeners, if they haven't seen The Good Place. The the show's been out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's the first season of Good Place. Come on, guys, get over it. Well, and also like I I I remember twist and I try to conserve Well, so I remember the first conversation that Calvin and I ever had about the good place when we lived together freshman year, I guessed the twist. I hadn't seen any of the episodes and I was like, mm. oh, that I knew that there was a twist. And I was like, oh, it's it's redacted. Well, I, if I, you know, if you are uh, looking to be pleasantly surprised, then do d- disregard everything that we've said. Everything that we've said is a- everything Calvin says is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And I promise that I did not watch 13, the musical, the movie. I um, that's just where my brain went. Yeah, um, I was like, not not 13. That's a 13 reference. So <laughs> what were you gonna say? What? Back to back to Star oh, Wars. Just I was we gonna meet say that... Sabine and Zep. Wait, no, I want to know what Y had to say. The, was it the voice actor? I was just gonna say the voice actors for the rest of the crew are decently well known. Yeah. Both both we haven't we haven't met Hera yet in our recap of the episode, but Hera and Zeb are both by, voiced by industry veterans. You've heard Zeb everywhere. He's he's an anime dub veteran. He's a voice voice acting veteran he was starscream in transformers i i like he's an avatar i'm pretty sure he's everywhere kanan is voiced by freddie prince jr of live action scooby-doo fame that's crazy that's insane who i believe is is a rookie voice actor at this point um like i i this is i think his first major voice acting role and i will also say that kanan kanan is one of my favorite star wars characters and freddie's performance of kanan is yeah. one of my favorite in the whole saga. Me too. If there's, I have a very finite list of straight ships that I actively ship. 
and Kanan and Hera is on this, and it's very much because of, um, I mean, the acting, the act, the actors make me believe it, even though they both give me buy for buy energy. Also, <laughs> um, in addition to um, uh, Quinlan and Asajj. Yeah. So the 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 speeder bike chase uh, is very fun. I do think it's a it's a credit to the animation and the direction that like a very early thing works like the action works in this show. Yeah. Like cuz it's not it, we it's a far cry from the scale of Clone Wars. Is I remember something that took getting used to with Rebels. Uh this being the follow-up to Clone Wars and Clone Wars at the end was like a fucking opera. Even before the the like the the uh the revival the there were so many characters they were telling so many stories literally there were hundreds of clone troopers and now we've got five dudes at at one ship and that's who we're following as they fight the galactic empire so this is just some speeders and i really like it took getting used to but it's something i really appreciate as somebody going back i think rebel season one is one of the like more cohesive seasons of Star Wars TV that is out there. We'll we'll discuss that as the season goes on. But as it was coming out, I was not sold. And it was also like sort of the the transition to the streaming era. So like we had Netflix, but I, Stranger Things wasn't out. It wasn't the Netflix <laughs> of today. I was also in high school, so I was much less of a a good I had didn't watch TV as well as I do now. So I missed like a huge chunk of these episodes and had to go back and watch them. Um, and I wasn't sold on like, okay, I'm, this is appointment viewing until the third to last episode of the season, even though I remember watching Spark Rebellion and really digging it. Uh, but I just like, couldn't, couldn't stick with it for a while, which is also hilarious now in retrospect, because rebels is one of maybe my favorite star Wars show, maybe my favorite star Wars thing. And I've been waiting for us to uh, to get to it on the podcast basically since the Empire rose. I'm super excited that we're here, and I for, per your text, Andy, I'm super excited that you like it. Yeah, I'm really I knew this was going to be your jam. I think that Star Wars really does well when it's very hard to keep track of everything when they have to tell a story that is on the galactic scale, and we are able to really understand the implications of things and to really like um fully digest the emotions as well as sort of the uh no i guess yeah the emotions and and everything that's happening when we look at a when we when we really like focus in on something when the scope isn't so large and this is I i've only seen these first two episodes so like obviously you know i can't speak for the rest of the show but I, I really enjoyed these first two episodes because it, it, it is it has a narrow scope. And we yeah. can see the effects of the Empire and its tyranny on on people. But because it's on a small scale, it's like I can understand it and therefore I can like empathize with it. Whereas. I don't know. Well, I, I will say that that is something that. Uh, is a characteristic not only of the original trilogy era of storytelling we're in, but the actual original films is their adventure films about a small group of people. Um, and even though there's galactic implications in them, it's not the huge opera that the prequels are, which yeah. was why it's a huge reason why a lot of people have a hard time with the prequels is there's such a big tonal shift. And Rebels, I think, 
does a really good job at recapturing the adventure party, like Calvin said, feel of the original Star of what people consider the magic of Star Wars. And adding the weight of all that has come before to it, because we know exactly like Kanan is revealed as a Jedi in this. Um, he, he pulls out a saber and he's got a holocron. He is a Jedi survivor. And we know exactly what that means because we've watched all of Star Wars. So but but we don't need to. It's sort of an added benefit. Well, benefit yeah. is a well, benefit I've, is a is a word maybe I would, won't use given how much we tortured Andy with the prequel era. But it's it's the way that I think like complicated lore works best. It's a it's a nice bonus. Yeah, Rebels really reads to me as a really good thing for someone who hasn't even seen any Star Wars content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's good to show young kids. Yeah. I like Which is why my, it was a Disney show. Yeah, it was on Disney XD. There will not be the exact level of violence from from Clone Wars. Um, Although I got to say, I mean, like a lot of stormtroopers died in this episode. Like there was yeah. the one who exploded on the speeder bike. Um, a couple Rebels were pulled out. I mean, I mean, like sure, it's not as you know, or, or you know, shark head floating in the water, or Maul using a door to cut off someone's arm and you know show that, and you know, or dude getting chopped in half by an elevator shaft. But you know, like they are, they are killing people. Yeah, Rebels got a reputation as a they don't kill stormtroopers show and. Sometimes they make a point of showing that they walk away or get knocked off their speeder just to, I think, tamp it down. Also, because our good guys aren't in a war. Like they're, they're fighting the Empire, but like it's less of a declared war versus the Clone Wars where all bets were off. They're not trying to kill people. They're just trying to accomplish their mission. They want to they, their goal here is to steal the crates, not take out a platoon of stormtroopers. Um. And yeah, so we uh, create shenanigans. Ezra gets shot off his speeder bike. Um, Zeb threatens his life, um, which I feel like is fair enough. Yeah, we we don't. You we know, we get we get another um in another moment of Ezra using the force when he uh, gets the crate onto the ghost. Kanan shows up in the ghost and is like, "Hey, kid, want to ride?" Well, I do want to say, though, actually, there was a really cool thing that they did during that fight where multiple times the different characters would say, like, they better hope, like, like, um, Sabine said, like, you better hope the boss doesn't get you. And Zeb is like, all oh, the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, if I'll he's caught, I'm going to end him. Yeah. You know, kind of being like, oh, blah, blah. And then and then what happens is that fucking Ezra gets away. Kanan's shit is blown up. Ezra's speeding off into the distance and you think, shit, Kit, you know. Kanan can't follow him. He got away. But then the Empire's on him. Empire's chasing down this little kid. Um, and he doesn't get away with it. He gets shot down. Not like shot down like him, but his his little... Yeah, he gets his, blown off the bike. Yeah, gets blown off the bike. And then and that's when the group shows up on their ship like, want a lift? And that was just such a cool moment where you're like, hey, the kid did get away with it, you know? But then he didn't. Um, and then, yes, and then we get to see his cool, crazy force trick of getting the box onto the ship, which is insane for someone who has no training in the force uh, for someone to be able to do that. Crazy. Yeah. But like it does make sense as somebody with strong, raw force power who is a street rat. Like, yeah. It makes sense that he is essentially 
the things he's talented in aren't wielding a lightsaber or telekinesis or whatever, but it's essentially force parkour. He he can scramble up buildings and and get away. And he, he's probably got some like I wouldn't be shocked. It although actually that that's not true. Never mind. Uh, I was gonna say something that gets contradicted later in the season. He's not good at mind tricks. Um, but uh, but like he 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 uses the force in the way that Dave Filoni often talks about how people use the force, which is that. The force is in everyone. Jedi wield it, but everyone connects to it. And since Ezra is able to wield the force, even though he's not doing it consciously, it flows through his actions and it really freaks Kanan out. Yeah. And like this kind of thing, I mean, like we see more evidence of this kind of thing back in Kenobi with Leia and how she's kind of instinctively able to read people, instinctively able to um, persuade them, persuade them. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just like she's, I mean, she's got these things that, uh, you know, the, the raw force power from Anakin complements yeah. the uh, Padme and her, except it's awesome. I love Leia. Um, but no, the the Skywalker twins are sort of an aberration because they're so powerful. Yeah, their their lineage is like direct to the Force itself. Ezra's but, just a random kid who, yeah, you know, is he, force sensitive. I think, yeah, he would have in another time he would have been identified and taken to the Jedi. Yeah, um, literally, he's he he. Uh, actually, I, I, I've watched Rebels season one and I keep wanting to say things. I need to be like, no, we're talking about Spark of Rebellion. But uh, uh, he's he he didn't miss it by that much. Then he's yeah. on there. He's on. Then we little... meet Hera, the pilot. Yeah. Yes. I think we've technically already met Hera, but this is also just, you know, it's all the same moment. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Kanan and Hera now. Well, of course we've met Hera because as we've she was refused, in Bad Batch. She, yeah, we've refused that's true. to admit she was in Bad Batch. And he was right. It guys, was Hera. Can all I be honest along. though? At first, when I saw Kanan, I was like, oh my God, it's the kid from Bad Batch. And then they were like, it's Kanan. And I was like, and then I watched the first episode of Bad Batch right after this and I was like, damn, it's not the same person. So I'm living in that. But it was Hera. It, but it was, was Hera. Hera. Yeah, but it was Hera. So and it's Chopper. Like and Chopper. When, 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 and lose. But you know, yeah, Chopper. So, so Chopper was uh, there too. Uh, <laughs> an interesting Chopper. thing, actually, about that, just that we don't have to deal with, and Calvin and I, thankfully, don't have to tiptoe around because she showed up in Bad Batch. Is that she was introduced as Hera Syndulla, Captain of the Ghost, but they were not forthcoming with whether Sham Syndulla was her dad. So we didn't know how he was. She was related to him um, for a little bit in in Rebels. Uh, and so we but we now know she is the daughter of the Ryloth revolutionary, the next generation. Again, when I talked about this in Bad Batch, the kids of the Empire grown up to fight the problems that were left over from the previous war. Um, I have some things to say, actually. So so the planet that they're on right now is Lothal. Lothal. Lothal yes. yes. Lothal. But they call him a Lothrat, correct? Yes. I don't like that because it makes it sound like he's from Ryloth and not Lothal. Does that make sense? Because well, it's right. There's also like other loth, species of loth. animals that are like it's like a loth cat that that, that yeah. is specifically. But no, you're right. That, that makes sense. It should be loth though. Loth rat. Yeah, just watching, it, I got I confused. Think some for a people I was like, do say loth rat, and I think some people say maybe a dialect rat. thing. I don't yeah. know if they went that deep into making sure that different characters pronounce it a different way. Well, but and it also, would make sense if like a stormtrooper called it a loth rat because they don't care about lothal. Yeah. Um, I think Zeb, I weirdly, I think Zeb says it correctly. Uh, but that's a good point, Andy, and I've never thought of that. He is not from Ryloth. Hera is from Ryloth. <laughs> I would love to thank, I just want to thank um, 
the creators of Rebels and then later on, you know, putting her in um, Bad Batch. I really think the choice to have her not have a fucking French accent really just like, thank you. I really personally want to thank whoever whoever said we're not doing the French accent anymore. It's done. Well, so and it's an interesting thing with the French accent that the show actually gets into a little bit later because uh, but she does. She has an American accent. She has sort of a normal galactic accent. The thing that now makes me think of that is why the hell does Ayla Sakura have a French accent? Because she was raised as a Jedi, so she wouldn't have the like natural accent of her people. Okay, never mind. I can't think about this. You know, it's because Obi Wan has care. a British accent, and but British uh, accent uh, is core. has wh- whatever he has the um, Jamaican Aquilan accent, not Nautilan, Nautilan, the Nautilan accent. In the universe of Star Wars, it's the Nautilan yes. accent. But Mahal yes, you're the- right. I I agree with you well, that that it's good that. None of the characters has the super exaggerated Clone War style accents. Most of them, I'm pretty sure every character speaks in their normal voice, except uh, Zeb. Steve Bloom for Zeb is doing an accent, but he's also a master voice actor, so it doesn't sound bad. Yeah, I, he's not doing so much an accent as he's doing a voice a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a not little. To... Aust- it's a little Sorry. Australian. <laughs> I feel like because Steve Bloom, Steve yeah. Bloom sounds American. Like he speaks like us. No, you're right. It's definitely either Aust- it, It's definitely you know inspired by Australian or New Zealand yeah. or but like he also maybe you know. You're totally right though that he's doing. He's making himself sound big. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens next? They flee. The well, I mean, do, I mean, do we've kind of talked about Kane a little bit, but you know, do, oh, you, yes. do you have any thoughts about Kanan? Besides, he you don't think he's the kid from Bad Batch. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's a kid from Bad Batch. Well, it could still be possible because they call him Kanan and the kid from Bad Batch, his name was Caleb. So it's close enough. But it's like, why would you change your name like that? You know what I mean? So maybe he was smarter than Obi-Wan who just changed his name to Ben and didn't ben. change his last name. Oh, you're so right. They changed their names. Um, So I guess he could be the same. I literally it just in my mind. I was like, oh, my God, because you guys were so like all about that kid. So I was like. I saw this man and I was like, it's the fucking kid because they have brown hair, but they don't even really look the same. I'd have to like rewatch it, but I don't think they're the same person. I think that that would be kind of like a little much, but like maybe because Hera wasn't Bad Batch. So, but I don't think they're the same. Um, I had uh, another so, thing I was going to so, say, but I can't remember what it was. So what does happen? I, I mean... Yeah, he's an adult man, a Jedi, apparently. He's got a really cool lightsaber, actually. This is like maybe my second or third favorite lightsaber. Maybe second. Which we don't see until the end of the episode, but the the two piece. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was very cool. Yeah. I like it, too, as a disguise because it does lightsabers. Lightsabers like the prop for a lightsaber was built out of spare parts for the original Star Wars, like an old, an old, uh, like it was, it was some stalk, sort of a light. It was a stalk yeah. on a camera, basically. Yeah. Like, you know how the old cameras had used to have like the giant flash bulb. It was like the, um, the, the little rod, the bulb was on. And so I like that Kanan's like goal with that is to make his lightsaber look like just normal tools, like yeah. fixing stuff tools. So they, uh, they get off the planet, they shake the TIE fighters, and uh, Hera and Kanan have, start having like an argument about what the hell is going on, and, and 
And then the, Ezra has um, a wear in space moment. Yes, he gets the first. He was the first. He was Omega before Omega, although I think yeah. Omega's is better. Yeah. Um, but they give I mean, because they give Omega the time to do it. And Ezra's also there's like, the Holy uh, shit. I'm in space. There's the uh, slightly cringe uh, Ezra thinks Sabine is hot moment. Creepy. She's a grown up. No, they're, uh, she's a year older than him. What? Why is she animated like a, a full adult? She looks so gr- so much older than him. It's actually funny. I think that, well, so it eases up once the, they do get character model updates as the show goes on it, so they look more the same. But even in later in season one, he just is kind of young, but they'll establish Ezra's, everyone's exact age, but Ezra's about 14, and Sabine is at most 16. Yeah, this is this is five years before A New Hope. Um, yep. which is going to be 14 years after. Yeah. Ezra's problem with Sabine isn't Revenge that uh, he's like too young for her or whatever. It's just that he's a fucking loser. <laughs> Sabine, Sabine, I have I don't really like her character design. I have to be honest. I, I like every how everyone else looks. Oh, we I haven't think, talked about Sabine. Yeah, we haven't really Keep talked going. about Sabine. I don't like her character design. I agree with you. I don't you. like her hair. I think that she looks different in her thing on, like, when you go to Disney Plus and it shows you the characters. Sabine does not look the same. I would agree with you. I didn't think they were the same character at first. Like, I literally thought that, like, the girl on the thing. Yeah. Um, so what color is her not- hair now? It's like got the orange at the end. She's got yeah. like blue and orange. Um, blue and orange. Yeah. She, this is barely a spoiler because we all know people who dye their hair. She changes it a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's, it's an- this is hands down her worst design on the show, I think. And they really, I notice, haven't figured out her face. They really they they much better figure out how they want to animate her, how thin her face is when we get a little bit later into the show. Um, I also think they hadn't really decided what to do with her, like sort of artist Mandalorian stuff. Um uh, that we'll see because she's painted all her armor very, very colorfully. Um, but also, I think at some point she gets better gear, too, because she's only rocking about half Mandalorian armor at this point. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I think the Mandalorian armor is cool. But I'm like, you are out here trying to be a bandit with bright pink fucking Mandalorian armor in like the middle of Lothal. Like, I'm sorry, but you're not being slick. Like you're not blending in. Like you look at fucking any of the other people and you're like, oh, they're just they're just dudes. Like they're just people. And then she's out here. And I'm just like, that's not practical. And I get that they were trying to go for something cool. But I'm like, we could have done something. Like, where was the thought behind this outfit? So I'm excited to see how she grows. Her design threw me off so much, plus the cringy moment of him being like, a girl. Yeah. So Sabine is easily the most underserved character of season one. I'll tell you that. I will also tell you that my absolute favorite episode of the series involves Sabine. Well, one, no, of, one thing- of, I would say, probably top five, maybe top one episodes of Star Wars ever for me. Is it the blanks is, is of like, the blank blanker? Yep. Great. Watching watching this, like knowing who I am, I'm like, if Sabine didn't look so bad, she would be my favorite character. Hands down. I'd be we're like, gonna, hot, sexy, gay girl. We're going to so, get so there. So, cool. So, you know I promise I mean? you, I promise you we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where's my, where's my girl? Like, this is the character that I'd want to cosplay if she looked good. So, yep. 
You anyway. just got well a couple more podcast episodes, and, and I think you'll you'll your opinion on Sabine will turn around. But I'm with you honestly on her early stuff, and the Ezra has a crush on Sabine stuff is it seems honestly like it's escaped from a different kids show and gotten in. Yeah, here. I mean, like that's it's very much reminds I, me of the relationship between um Jeff and Britta in like season in the early couple seasons of Community. Where it's like they were trying the thing because it was kind of a trope, but then it didn't really work out. I'll be honest. This is probably a uh, pop culture faux pas. Never seen an episode of Community. And I've seen a few episodes that's of Community. On, yeah, that's on you guys. Oh, it definitely. Absolutely. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I not hated trying to... Jeff. I hated Jeff. I got to be honest. <laughs> like, I'll, but, but the Who's thing about Jeff? Community. Is he Donald Glover? No, no! Jeff is um, Joel McHale. You will never find okay. like if you're on TikTok and you're scrolling, you'll probably I like I find like a million fucking like, oh, here's like funny, funny moments from community. Not a single one of them will include Jeff because he is such a boring, fucking irrelevant person. He is like the self insert of every like misogynist white man. And so that's why I was like, I can't fucking watch community. So I'm like going on a little rant here, but like every character of community is interesting. Like they're all fun. They're all exciting. They're all interesting. They're all like really weird. Even Britta, like who's kind of the most normal. And then it's like, and then Jeff is the main character. And it's like the the side characters are carrying the show. We are. And Jeff gets are, all the wildly crap. off topic. <laughs> but I will say that's that's Ted Mosby syndrome. That's what happens. That, that's what they realize by the end of season one, because in season two and beyond, you get like a lot more stories just about them as an ensemble and it's not every single thing because i mean you have in season one you have that stupid love triangle between jeff and britta and professor slater and we are wildly off topic as um as yeah. wyatt said so back to star wars i will just like so it's a true the, the ezra and sabine relationship maybe thing was the thing that they were just probably testing the waters up to see if it would play with their audience but like well, clearly it didn't because doing. the platonic relationship is so much better between the two of them but also I will say that the 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 cringe moment of him being like, oh, shit, she's hot is like effectively like the punchline of Zeb introduce like sticking his face in Ezra. It's like, hi, I'm Zeb and chucking him out of being creepy at Sabine. It was way funnier than I remembered because I I remember she gets the like the music bit as she takes off her helmet. And I hate that always. The only time that ever is done well is uh how to train your dragon and that's because they're making fun of the guy who like hears the romantic mu music when he looks at the girl mm -hmm. um while people are like fighting in the background yeah, and it's, it's yeah, very love funny i love that movie i cannot get on another tangent about yeah that uh that actually I mean, that in, opening in, scene is amazing like literally how to train to your dragon is my favorite movie of all time go on calvin's straight ships comment from earlier that's another that's a straight ship that i buy is hiccup and an astrid on that wait hold on do you have a list? I do have a list. It's on my notes app. <laughs> um, All right. So we got to get a little bit further. No, they're not. I'm putting so the, up an I know we have to keep we've been talking but, for an hour. So we, and we get but like the the key, the, the, the basic story of this episode is Ezra joins the crew and uh, we get the first sort of bit of that when they deliver their supplies to mm -hmm. the slum town. Wait, we we skipped Agent Callus. Oh, did we? Yeah, we meet Agent Callus, and he's Agent you know, Callus kind of set up here. as yeah. He's like Kaya points at him and says texture be. every time they do a close up of his face because he's got those like rebels dots that they do for texture all over his face. Yeah. Um. No? His 
Agent Callus, Mutton Chops Man. Oh. The Imperial oh Agent. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. He, he so such a funny design. Are we in the next episode acting. yet? No, we're not. We're still on the first episode. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, as Wyatt said, they go to they come Tarkin Town. Tarkin Town. Great, great pull. Tarkin at this point, I will say, is governor of the Outer Rim. Um, he he keeps getting promoted. So he's a widely known, he's one of the most well-known Imperials. He's like Mike Pence, basically. Yeah. I feel Tarkin like. Town was crazy. I was yeah, like, I no, no. I think they do a way. really good job of establishing, even with a limited budget and limited character models, that Lethal is not was already kind of a rough planet to live on. And that now that they're getting they're getting kicked off their farms on a farm planet. So like the planet I under I, I like I remember people complaining about the way that the Empire was depicted in this. They were like too cartoonishly evil, but also this like this tracks with everything that they've done with the Empire in the the like Disney era of Star Wars content. They I mean, strip yeah, worlds they of resources. Rehome their citizens, send them either to places like this or to even worse to work camps and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we see we see that with the Wookiees. If they're deemed fit to be a worker for the Empire, they are taken. Yep, the Wookiees later in the episode. But but this is the first moment where Ezra realizes that he might have a conscience. <laughs> yeah, and because it's like he re- he he gets thanked. And he's like, shit, I didn't do anything. I was ac- actively stealing these for myself. I deserve no credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, so Ezra, like, well, season he didn't one, realize that they, they took food. Like, he thought it was only guns. And then it was and, like, we risked our lives to feed people. Yeah. And also, Ezra lives on, even though he lives in rough, he's roughing it in his little tower. He lives right next to the Capitol. So those mm-hmm. people are generally doing better. This is like the lowest of the low on Lethal, the most disenfranchised and disillusioned people. And so it's really eye opening for him, which is a good because because Rebels really and all the all of the main characters have chosen to do something about instead of living within the system, they've chosen to fight it. And we don't really get to see that moment for anyone but Ezra. We just know that it has happened for the rest of the ghost crew. But I think Ezra's sort of evolution over this episode from I want to go home, you guys suck, to I will risk my life for you and also I want to join up is pretty well done and takes advantage of this being an hour long episode really well. Although it's not as titanic as Bad Batch's 70 minute opener, it it it, it uses its its extra time really well. I'm Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think anything can compare to the Bad Batch pilot. Like, yeah. Anyway, Bad Batch pilot might have had the same budget as the entire first season of Rebels. They meet a guy who'll be a recurring character, Vizago. He, you know, is someone who gives them missions. Um, Folks so call him Discount Hondo. I can't disagree. Yeah, <laughs> I miss Hondo. Me too. Um, um but he gives Hondo. them the he gives them information on some Wookies that they're trying to you know free from enslavement. Ezra breaks into Kanan's room and takes his holocron and his lightsaber he can open the lightsaber well anyone that's normal anyone can hit a button on the the holocron you mean right or the lightsaber oh you're right the holocron and well in my mind that's later on i but that's remember in mortis when they (laughs) when they yeeted the lightsaber 
Do you guys remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. When he, he grabs the saber and like throws it back in the blade itself. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, that sorry, doesn't, keep, keep that doesn't have that's like you're right that anyone can turn <laughs> Not on. That that's what Ezra did. No, but but you're right, though, about anyone can press a button and turn on a lightsaber. But Kanan's test is can he open the holocron? Yeah, the holocron. because only a force sense and only. Yeah, only a force sensitive person can open a Jedi holocron. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I like I like that Ezra gives back the saber but steals it probably because because of some like force pull to it but also probably because he thinks he could sell it yeah he thinks he won't notice he took his little rubik's cube he'll give him back the yeah. he'll give him back the laser sword um and it ends up helping him it actually doesn't end up helping him but it ends up starting him on his his path to maybe becoming a jedi yeah um so the end of the episode is them is trying to do the wookie thing and then getting realizing stuck on it's the a destroyer trap. right yeah yeah. Um. Does the episode or does the first episode end when they leave Ezra, Ezra behind? Runs in. No, it ends with Ezra running into the uh ship to raise rescue them. I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they go. They hear about the Wookiee thing. Yeah. They- Ezra and Hera have a fun little conversation. That's like you know this is why we do what we do because you know we are here to help people to help. And people. this was also the uh the hairless Wookiee gambit with Zeb, yeah. right? Oh yeah. yeah. Do you know why that's there? Actually, no. I don't yeah. know why I'm asking you that. Uh, Zeb is based off concept art for Chewbacca. The that's very cute. earliest Chewbacca designs were a horrible Zeb-looking thing with clothes instead of your dog. And uh, and so Zeb's species is based off the original designs for the Wookiees. So that's the sort of in-joke is that obviously Zeb looks nothing like a Wookiee. It was a terrible plan. These yeah. guys are not not the best at what they do yet. Yeah. Um, well, and you'll see, we'll mention this a lot. A lot of the design of Rebels is based off the concept art for the original films. A lot of character designs um, or the, the general you know. vibe, the like painter style is based off a specific concept artist. A fun fact about Lothal is that the those like mound things and the grasslands, the sort mm-hmm. of general look of the planet was originally developed for Alderaan when it was planned to be a location in the very first Star Wars. Interesting. Um, wow. And obviously Alderaan looks nothing like that. Alderaan's yep. way more forests and snow. Um, Alderaan ended up really just being sort of like space earth. Deciduous, yeah. Um, but the original concepts for Alderaan, which were, which were striking then and are striking now, it's it's a, Lothal, I, I feel like, works for a this is our sort of location planet it's it's interesting looking and we'll get to visit different parts of it uh throughout the season and show which is cool yeah um but then so then it's there, a trap so then, yeah that so, leaves so him behind Hera Hera notices that the comms are jammed and she's like shit it's a trap and she's like they're in there they're trying to do good they don't know like, I have to stay here because I have to be ready to fly the ship. You need to go save them. And Ezra's like, no, 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 no. And then he runs in to yeah. go and save them. And that I th- believe that is actually where it ends. Like, yeah, it it and- ends. That episode ends with yeah. him being like, can't believe I'm going to go do this. And then he leaves to go. Yeah. yeah. Rebels with that little fanfare that they do for the title theme. Um, also. I really like that Hera 
from basically the moment she first meets Ezra is recruiting him. And it's a very good like she's identified that he is he's one of them. And uh, I like her. She gets a lot of good speeches in the show and a lot of good moments as sort of the the heart of the rebellion uh, for our little crew. And this was the first one and it's good. She talks him completely into it. And then Zeb, what an asshole, even though I do think like. I do think you it was where he's coming from. Yeah, and it's clearly framed to be like, you know, he clearly feels bad about it, but like and he also didn't want to shoot him, which I feel like is a big part of it. But it is so uh, Hera full naming him like his mom uh, when he won't admit that he left Ezra on the ship is very good comedy. Rebels humor was was on point early, especially among the main crew. Um, uh, and they go and get Ezra back. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of that's that makes it seem like uh, and that was it. Two no. sentences. Well, that's no, that's all. Happened. You know, uh, 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 Agent Callus is grilling Ezra, them. and Ezra. There, I. It's so funny that he uses Ezra Jabba really the Hutt struggles. as his fake name. Yeah, the Padawan Jabba running joke that is going to show up in the show is very good. Um, and Callus is like. Sure, Jabba. Yeah, <laughs> he I'm still uses sure. it because, of course, and there's no other thing that he can say. But to like, get the troopers uh, to like open his door, he's like, this, "My uncle he, is the emperor." Yeah, he he pulls my my uncle yeah. works at Nintendo, basically. And Do you think my father, the inventor of the toaster strudel, would be yeah, happy exactly. to hear about this? Um, and and he also cracks the holocron. He opens it, and we get but, yeah. Before that, to Obi Wan's message. From Revenge of the Sith that he recorded, which we get to hear in its entirety in this episode, um, which is which was cool then and is cool now. Uh, like, that's just a, a big nerd moment. I also love that uh, it's not Ewan McGregor. It's James Arnold Taylor, the mm-hmm. voice for animated Obi-Wan who gets to deliver it. Yes. But. It's really jarring because <laughs> it's not. Clone Wars Obi Wan. So I was like, "Oh yes, who is this man?" You expected the angular beard yeah. with all of the lines. I don't on it. know what I expected, but his face. I was like, he looks like Chris Kringle. Um, yeah. So <laughs> again, it's early, early Rebels. They haven't exactly Trust figured out what to do. Only in Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I honestly forget that they show him because I just I have the. The I remember the the voicing of the speech so well, and I remember the cuts to like at the end of the episode when they show the whole crew. But it's cool. And then uh, what's the plan? What do they do? They just they just go back to the destroyer and fly like, in its yeah, ass, right? Go, like they're like fly in, go in, find him, bring him back. Which you know, I guess that's an okay plan because I'm sure that they can kind of deduce that he is probably in the dungeons. Yeah, he's, in the, he's on the detention level a detention level that's the word but, um but you know he has already you know vented and he he stole the helmet he figured out that the wookies were uh, uh, on the spice mines of kessel um he escaped into the into the vents and then jump scares uh zeb and sabine and zeb of course <laughs> flattens him which yeah. is uh, like their early relationship is very funny to me yeah they hate each other so much. <laughs> I mean, you have to think about how it's. I mean, it's it started with Zeb putting Ezra's face into his armpit. Like, yep. 
no and and i mean it's it's it was certainly a thing in the f- fandom and it is even mentioned in the show is that Kanan and Hera are mom and dad and Sabine, Ezra and Zeb are the kids. Yeah. And there's very much a family and Chopper's the pet cat. And there is very much a family dynamic aboard the ghost and Zeb and Ezra go immediately into brother mode. Um, and I love it. Uh, the ghost crew is, is great. Uh, and I, 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 I'm impressed every time I watch this how well they establish the sort of groundwork for the show in this episode. You, like, you have a really good sense of who every character is. Even Sabine, who we talked about, gets not a whole lot to do. But she is, she's a feisty rebel explosive ec- expert. It's only one episode. We'll we'll get into her later. She blows the fuck out of Agent Callus. Um, he nearly falls out the airlock. Yeah. Why are you laughing, Andy? They just have a lot of like cool little tricks, you know? Yeah. I think that this was just a lot of fun. Like this was such a good, like fun uh introduction to these characters. Like I really enjoyed it. I'm like, man, guys, finish the podcast so we I can go watch the next couple of Yeah, episodes. I mean I just I kept watching it with Kaya because we were having so much fun. Like it's I'm so I'm ahead. Fun. Um but yeah, so the Kessel stuff is fun as well. I mean, yeah, it's I I gotta say, I gotta say, I yes, hate the, the design of the Wookiees. I mean, like, I know, I know, I know they, that it's hard to animate they hair. Got it and wrong. I know that it doesn't I, I you know <laughs> the little the, Wookiee was so fucking funny, guys. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it the Wookiees are possibly the ugliest <laughs> thing in Star Wars animation. They never no. show up again. We are yeah, never exactly. We are never forced to look at them again. I mean, like they it's it's so funny because at the end of the episode, they're like, the Wookiees will be here if we need your help. And I'm like, no, they will not, because they well, look so bad. That, and you don't their want to little gunship, their little ship at the end got a whole Lego set and that it never it's on the screen for three never seconds, shows never shows up again. Um, Is that like a regular good, Lego Wookiees? I mean, they look fine. The Lego Wookiees look fine. They, they, they look not... like the other Lego Wookiees that they've made, not like the Rebels yeah. Lego Wookiees. They're a little smoother, okay, but they don't look as horrifying. Their faces aren't awful. Yeah, oh <laughs> that's God. that's They're what so gets me. Scary. Yeah, I warned uh, Kaya. I was like, all right, there's no, going to be some Wookiees. They're going to look awful. They never show up again. We just got to suffer through it. <laughs> I really I thought it was really cool, though. So like they have the little escape plan, but then running you know, a 22 pickup. Yeah, the 22 pickup was so good. And then Ezra was like, oh, I'm going to run off to finally like save this little kid. And then Callus is like, oh, master and apprentice. And I really liked that. I was like, I Kanan's big Jedi reveal where he pulls the saber out with the music is so good. I'm about I, to let everyone in on the secret is a it's a top rebels moment. And I, I Shout out again to voice actor for Callus, who is a well-known actor as well. Um, but I think a well-known, just normal actor for the like reverence he puts in his voice when he's like, focus your weapons on the Jedi. Like he he's never seen a Jedi. Callus is is pretty young. He would have been a kid during the Clone Wars. And he's basically seeing a myth come to life and draw a weapon on his troops. And it it's just it's also the only good shot of the Wookiees when they're reacting. Remember, because the Wookiees knew the Jedi. Yeah, not, yeah. Not the maybe Wookiees these live specific, a long time. Yeah, not maybe these specific Wookiees, but there a was, lot of these adult Wookiees probably fought in the Clone Wars, didn't they? Say or, they were old Clone Wars veterans. Yeah, that's true. They did. Uh, 
but and whether or not they met Yoda or not, the Wookiees had such a good view of the Jedi that like it's really cool for them as well. And a really good lore thing, because this is before Solo, but Wookiees on Kessel. We've seen Wookiees on Kessel. They're still fucking doing it. These fucking assholes. The Empire is just the Wookiees cannot catch a break in this era. They're they're prized as strong laborers. Kessel also uh, just ignore that it looks kind of inconsistent with Solo. They didn't they hadn't come up with the presumably they flew through the black hole or whatever. But none of the like restrictions on travel to getting to Kessel existed yet. Um, but it, it is also it's funny. Kessel Kessel was a reference for Kessel was named in the very original Star Wars first movie and then not seen for many years. And it keeps popping up now. It was in Solo. It was in uh, Clone Wars Revival when the, the Martez sisters went there. It was here first. This was the first time it was shown. The yeah. actor who voiced Agent Callus, David, uh, sorry if I mispronounced this. Oh, oh, yeah. Lowo. Oh, yellow. Yeah. I can never remember where the which in what order the. Oh, yes. yeah. 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 He was um Martin Luther King and Selma. Yeah. He's um, like a. An Emmy and Oscar-nominated was... actor. Wow, I've seen and a he lot does of this a, stuff. Yeah, he does a he great was in the help. He was. He's another one of those actors who's British who has an impeccable American accent. Yeah, like a like John Boyega. So, you don't know, but yeah, he he's callous. He does a great job, and, and, he's and a uh, couple of other Disney shows, The Lion Guard, and yeah. yeah. So he so callous. Oh does not succeed in getting either the ugly-ass Wookiee kid or Ezra. Kanan's, Kanan on the ghost swoops in and saves them. They run the 22 pickup, get out of there, and then Ezra finally decides to... He, he They leave him, and then he decides to go back. Yeah. He's, like, you know, about to take the lightsaber, and... Um... But then he returns, you know, at Kanan has the moment of, you know, going and meditating while listening to Obi-Wan's message. And we get, as we said, the really cool moment where it flashes to the different characters. And we're like, you know, these people are the new hope that Obi-Wan means, you know. I, I'm looking at, at, at that scene right now and I'm like, Calvin, you look just like baby-faced Obi-Wan. You look just like Rebels <laughs> Obi-Wan. I'm like, look well, at this. Thank you. That's a uh, that's image. I'm going to make that great. as a compliment. Yeah. I mean, you that is... I mean, profile it's, picture. It's supposed to be Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan, which is yeah. arguably Obi-Wan at his sexiest. Yeah. Uh, uh, honestly, like I got to say Dilf Obi-Wan. And I was going to that's Obi. what I was going to say is that now yeah, that we have canon, yeah. canon, <laughs> older Ewan McGregor as older Obi-Wan, it's sort of different. It, a new challenger has arrived. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's oh, my God. It's just both the Obi-Wan Kenobi is doing the little idol dance thing. <laughs> Who's sexier? Um, anyway, anyway. But yes, we we they thought um, we've set up the show and then we get a teaser for the villain of the season who we met in the, the shit ass first scene, the Grand Inquisitor, who will not be called the Grand Inquisitor in this season because they'd only come up with one Inquisitor at this point. <laughs> yeah. So it's just but the Inquisitor. But we know by, we know we're in the know. Voiced by Jason Isaacs, who plays Lucius Malfoy. And again, he's another- also Admiral Zhao in Avatar The Last Airbender. If you didn't know that, Andy. But I think I did know that. I knew that. Yeah. Uh, but Zhao is Jason Isaacs using his American accent, whereas he he's using his full it's evil also British guy a voice good here. American accent. Yep. He's such a good voice actor. I and I mean, like he does. I, I mean, like I will say the actor does 
look more like the Grand Inquisitor than um, what's his name? Joe, Joe, whatever. Jason Isaacs? No, who played him in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, Rupert Friend? Rupert Friend. Why do I think his name was Joe? But he, like Jason Isaacs, I feel like, you know, give him the full prosthetics and makeup. He would look closer to the Rebels model. I agree with that. But but that. like like Wyatt, I am a huge fan of Rupert Friend as, I mean, he acts as He came out. through in the end. He, he, he came he, through in the end. He eats his heart out with that role, and I love yeah, it so Yeah, and that's because Rebels, it is, he's a snarling bad guy with a spinny lightsaber, and both actors really embody the just like, man, this guy is a dickhead energy of it all. This guy sucks, and yeah. he loves it. He yeah. loves every fucking second. We'll, we'll of see it. that, and because this is sort of what establishes him as the character we see in in Obi Wan. Uh, he's a little less of a shithead here, being secure in his power and all. But yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great role. It's one of my again another one of my favorite voice acting villain roles. Uh, is is this Inquisitor? I did watch season one, and I feel like he had less lines than I remember, but it, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So yeah, that's Star Wars Rebels. What do you think, Andy? I'm excited to see what's to come. I really love Ezra. I think he's so fun. He's like such a like scrappy little kid. He's a scam. Um, it will not shock you to know that nobody liked him. <laughs> that yeah, is the Andy sure. type characters. You're correct. Ezra Ezra's great. <laughs> I I don't ever think I would have called myself like an Ezra fan, but I always appreciated him as a main character. I love his journey, like the show, having seen the whole show, I love his character arc. The crazy thing, though, is that like character development happens in this episode. Like he's not. I feel like if we had I still only to survive for myself, Ezra, for the whole show it would have been like, OK, but what are we doing here? But it's essentially about him learning how to be a good person after some really rough life circumstances and to stand up for others. Yeah. This it honestly, it's giving like everybody's first D and D character, and we love it. Like I love it. I love that yeah. energy. There is a lot of D and D energy in the show. I agree. We yeah. talked about it at the beginning, and like with the villains, you got your like it's it's kind of like Avatar in that you've got your classic season one villains. You know, they're they're not Darth Vader, but they're here to mess with our heroes. Um. And so I feel like with Rebels, you really do know what you're going to get. And it's going to be fun Star Wars. And then uh, some surprising things later down the line. I cannot wait to get into the rest of this show with y'all. Yeah. So, Calvin, what are the episodes I can watch? Uh, so next next time on First Steps of Star Wars podcast, we are watching Rebels season one, episodes three, four and five. Uh, that's going to be Droids in Distress, Fight or Flight, and Rise of the Old Masters. Hey, a blank cool. of the blank title. <laughs> yes, they didn't Swag. die in Clone Wars. <laughs> All right, besties. I have some lemon poppy seed scones with my name on it and uh, a couple uh, of episodes of Rebels to watch. I thought you were reading Padawan tonight. Uh, you're so right. Shit. Because I, I because we won't be recording for another week or two. So, well, I can watch episodes twice. I also <laughs> yeah. do want to finish Padawan. We'll see what happens. There's too we'll much Star Wars for you. There's just too so the what is the thing where it's like too much stuff, not enough space. But it's like <laughs> too no much clue. Star Wars, so little. <laughs> I don't know. If there's like guys. I'll find that advertisement. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. 
Anyway, all right, work, excited yeah. to be back. Excited to podcast again and to yeah. get into some. Yeah, Star let Wars us know. We're in our rebels era. We're in the re- we're officially in the rebellion era. Yep. Um, and we're in our rebels era itself, even though we're going to be switching into our Andor era for a hot. I will sec. stop complaining about people fighting the Empire and start heavily oh, wait, rooting hold for on. them. I did want to. I I said I was going to do this at the beginning of the episode, and I never did. Disney, I am mad at you right now. Why? Uh, like, I understand it. I understand. You had a show that was piloting on August 31st, right in the middle of um, you had She-Hulk on uh, premiering on the 18th. You have House of the Dragon on like the 29th or whatever. You got Rings of Power on September 2nd. Like, I get I, I get it. I get it. You didn't want to um, put your um, big name Star Wars show out during that time because it was going to it was probably especially after two of them having released but oh my god can you figure this stuff out beforehand so that you don't get to be like three months out and have to change the release date of your stuff i mean that's really tell unprofessional tell i really want i just hope bad batch doesn't get knocked into the next year it's not going to honestly no no i mean they only put the um by releasing three episodes at once on the 21st they're not that they're only pushing like the whole the block of dates that andor was going to be back by like one week yeah so it's not it's not bad i maybe bad batch will be delayed a week or two but honestly that means that we get more bad batch episodes without having without being overshadowed by andor so you know happy about that um that's my thing disney do better uh you know better disney your 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 stocks are going through the roof people like your streaming service um you don't have to you do not yeah you know hbo max is not doing well right now apparently uh so you know you don't have to do (laughs) i mean like as a business decision you know who well what are what what are people gonna watch and or or house of the dragon um that's on you people and you decided to uh, and you decided to be cowards and push your show back so that hbo could have its own premiere Really, the most important thing is it disrupted the planned schedule for this very podcast. Well, no, it actually didn't because we because what we are doing with the format, we are. That's what matters. We are not going to be covering Andor Week. Yeah, I know. Um, I want to I want to go ahead and like make that statement now. That is that that is we are not covering Andor Weekly. Um, We are going to do Rebel Season 1 and then do Andor and then do the Bad Batch Season 2. And then do Rebels season two. That is the order of stuff coming forward, coming in the future from the podcast. I have coming. This is like the next year, essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and it, uh, it's because slightly... we're moving back to biweekly episodes. Um, we were doing weekly episodes so that we could get to Kenobi and be able to cover that weekly. But mm-hmm. um, and it's slightly out of chronological order. When, with Bad Batch, really is the one we're going yeah, back in. But time. I mean, of course, uh, that was. That it was, was always, always inevitable because yeah. we want to know what happens. We're invested in the story. Yeah. And then Andor and Rebels take place. Andor season one takes, takes place, place at the, at the same, same time, time as, Rebels. as Rebels season one. Yeah, because so it yeah. won't be like we don't know what days these happened on in Star Wars, but it'll be roughly the same time. Yeah, so but cool. it, we're, we're, and we're not at all going to try to go because we feel like going back and forth between Rebels and Andor is just going to be confusing. Um, and confusing to uh, you know uh, there is an arc in rebel season one there inevitably obviously will be an arc in um andor season one and we're just gonna let those two individual things be individual 
All right. See you next Bye. time. Yeah. Yeah, May much the force love. Be with you. Swag. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs>